millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Hard-edged, hard-nosed, hard to beat. Where are you coming from in this one? Your 100% essential download. Jim White and Simon Jordan. You let this get out of control. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Hi, this is Jim White and thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. On today's show, myself and Simon reflect on Manchester City's win over Arsenal at the Emirates and ask what does it now mean for the title race? Is it advantage Manchester City? As well as that, Simon gives us an update on the rumoured takeover at Tottenham and how the opening offer would not be accepted. Now, it's one thing going to the uh, Emirates last night uh, to, to watch Arsenal against Manchester City, which I did and I enjoyed, and we'll talk more about it in a minute. But it's another every 10, 15, 20 seconds being asked, where's Simon? Where is Simon? All the, the, the great fans of Arsenal who were around, mate, they knew you were around, but they couldn't see you. And oh. the reason for that was you were with your posh friends in some posh suite. I wasn't, actually. Go on. I was with um, one of the most interesting part of the evening for me. I was spent a lot of time with Ivan Tony Sr., Ivan Tony's dad. Okay. Uh, who was a really, really lovely fella. Right. So I wasn't necessarily with my posh friends. <laughs> I was with Ivan Tony Senior, who is a very interesting man, very proud of his son, and so he should be about his performances on the pitch. What I am a little bit disconcerted about this morning, I have to find myself in this situation where I come in to find that Gabby a bonglehoil was parched on the big boy's chair. Now I'm of the, the sort of mindset that he should be in a high chair rather than <laughs> the grown-ups chair. So if I start talking rubbish, then you more worry. than usual, no. you'll know that there's a legacy of a bonglehoil in this chair. Gabby did very well with Ian Danter before we came on air at ten. Just a few moments. Where's ago. Brazil? Uh, I've no idea. Uh, I've no idea. And why should we care? Falling uh, down a hole, is he? Last night, the great and the good of the world of media had uh, noticed that you, you've got yourself a column in the Daily Mail. I've been reading it this morning. Well done. Very did, good. Did you learn anything? Uh, very much so. Henry Winter was at me about it. I was talking to Martin Samuel last night. Uh, I was sitting beside Rory Hi, Smith. Very good journalist, Rory, uh, as we watched the game unfold last night. Did you enjoy it? I really enjoyed the atmosphere and thought, the action. Yeah, I thought the atmosphere was very, very good. I thought the atmosphere was exhilarating at times. The Arsenal fans, the Arsenal manager and the Arsenal players all aligned. Mm. So no longer can you make allegations about Arsenal's stadium being a library. This is a proper football stadium for, for a start yeah. and proper football fans getting behind their side. So the atmosphere, certainly when Arsenal got back in the game and equalised, 
you know, was absolutely off the clocks, as good as you'll see anywhere. Yeah, uh, I should in the mix zone, for people who don't know what that is, that's an area that uh, the players come through at the end and when you get an opportunity to have a word with them should they want to stop and speak, and one or two of them did, as you'll hear in a moment. The great and the good of Manchester City walking through, job done, Simon. It was yeah. very, very much a look of, yeah, yeah, we've come here tonight and job done. Uh, how much do you think the title pendulum has swung back in the direction of Manchester? Um, I think probably quite a long way. Um, and I think ultimately Arsenal wouldn't have needed to be so dependent upon this result to have that question answered if they'd taken care of Brentford and Everton perhaps the way they should have done. But notwithstanding that, what you saw was a difference in two sides. One side carried a, an impending threat all the time with Haaland and De Bruyne. And the, answers, the answer was at times Enketia and Martinelli have done very well during the course of this season, but they didn't have the same threat. There was also a calmness about uh, City, even when they were being put under pressure, because Arsenal at times were the architects of their own downfall from goals that they conceded to chances that they missed. Yeah, Because they were very much in this game. The second half performance was a bit more dominant for Man City, but Arsenal had some really guilted chances. Sure. And that did, did not go amiss on the Manchester City players, who I have to say, in no condescending way, were full of praise uh, for Arsenal's um, performance last night and the way they went about the job uh, in hand. I spoke to Bernardo Silva, but first Kevin De Bruyne. And, and De Bruyne admitted his opening goal and what a goal came at a crucial time. I think we needed it because I don't think we played well in the first half. Uh, I think we did in the second half, but uh, at the moment uh, that was an important situation for us. Um, my takeaway is the second half was much better. We responded much better. We were aggressive and you know uh, there was more purpose in our play and I think that third goal showed it. Um, when I gave it to Erling, you know, I thought it was a difficult situation for him, but he finished it. Seems easily for him sometimes, so yeah, he, he did the job. What does it tell us tonight about Arsenal? Do you feel that, all right, you've won, but this thing is far from over? Is, will it go right down to the wire? Well, I, I, don't, I don't know. They're exceptional. You know, they play such good football. It's very hard to, to play against them. They have so much energy, young guys. They do everything that they needed to do. And I think the first half, for me, they were better. And I think the second half, we were better. And I think uh, at the right moment, we... we, we we had that little bit of quality that made the difference. We'll fight until the end, knowing that we're going to fight against a very tough side, a tough uh, side that, that reminds me of, of us five years ago. They're so young, they're so good, they, their energy is so nice. Uh, but we're here and we, we want to win again, uh, knowing that it's not going to be easy, but we'll fight. Will it be a while yet before you shake Arsenal off? Well, yeah, I think it's going to go up until the end, to be honest. Hopefully at the end of it we're, we're going to be on top of them, but it's going to be tough. Still one game to one game to play against them in, in at the Etihad, which is good for us. But lots of points, lots of points to be played, and we're going to fight each game. Very important, and we're going to be there. I just want to thank Bernardo Silva and, and Kevin for stopping off and speaking to me for Talk Sport, and both made a point. Simon, the bus is sitting there, but I know. Like, give us a minute. We'll, we'll do, want to do this for him, and, and I'm grateful to them for doing it. Bernardo Silva there. It pains to point out, yeah, we have massive respect for this young Arsenal side. Yep. Made me think this morning, has a new rivalry begun, do you think? Well, you know, the rivalry will be between teams that are competitive to try and win the league. 
I mean, I, I didn't think, in all fairness, that th- this is not the Man City side of previous years. They're not as good as they once were. They're not as sophisticated and as slick and as dominant on the ball. And once they've got the ball, you don't think you're going to get it back. And some of that's down to, to Arsenal, but some of it's also down to the fact that Man City aren't quite where they once were. Yeah, it's nice for Arsenal. They won't want to hear that. They won't think it's patronising or condescending, but they don't need to be told that they're a young side and remind themselves of Man City a few years ago because they want their own identity. They don't want to be reminded of anybody. No one wants to be the latest Ryan Giggs or the next Paul Gascon. They want to be the person in their own right. And Arsenal want to be their own their own football club. There's no doubt in my mind watching Arsenal yesterday and watching the nature of the fan support. Artis has got them at it. I'm not always in his camp for the jack-in-the-box stuff, uh, jack stuff, but he's got the unity there. This is a lot to do with Arteta, the noise in that stadium. Mm. So what I came away thinking was, I begin to think there's... In my mind, despite thinking Arsenal could do this, I don't think they will, and I think they might even get pipped by Man United for second spots. But I, what I saw was a side that's inevitably going to win the Premier League in the next couple of years. Yeah. Because they're a good side, they're a good unit, they're a good coached, well-managed team. Some strange decisions. I thought it was strange putting Tommy Esso in front of Ben White. I know there's an argument saying Ben White hasn't been as good as he has been at the beginning of the season, yeah. but he looked like a rabbit in the headlights for the first 20 minutes of the first half. Yeah. So all things being equal... You know, you look at Arsenal, and I've always had this relationship with Arsenal over the years, going back to my sort of engagements with David Dean, where I had a certain view of the football club. I respect it. And you've got this attitude of the prawn sandwich brigade and the library. It ain't that. Oh, This no. is at a fully engaged football club with oh, a fully engaged set of players. You're right, Simon. Yeah. I witnessed an extremely passionate scene last night. The supporters were phenomenal. On both yeah. sides, I have to say, there's a decent, sizable uh, travelling support there for was. City. Yeah. Um, when these players were passing through the mix zone at the end, I was looking at the Manchester City boys and I thought, no, these are guys who know what they're about. They, they've been there and done it. They, they know witness. how to do it. And that was reflected in... Uh, Okay, Gundogan, when he stopped to chat and, and, and he told me how he reflected on the 90 minutes. Well, it was very tough. Um, they expected a tough game against a, a very, very good opponent. I think you could, you could see that, especially in the first half. I would even go that far and would say that they were better than us in the first half. I don't know about the penalty situation, to be honest. But uh, as a result, 1-1, I think, uh, was okay. And that we knew that we, we, have to, we have to come out better for the second half. And that's exactly what we did. We were... We were um, more confident in our pressing, um, pressed 1v1, forced them to do mistakes, um, scored a couple of goals, and I think at the end also deserved to win. I had a great view of the third goal, Ilkay. You were involved, and you put Kevin in, he squares it, and Haaland buries it. I mean, you were clinical. You, you cut through Arsenal, didn't you? Yeah, but I think um, we had more chances as well. You know, um, In the first half, we hit the crossbar. We had a couple of good crosses, you know, after set pieces. Chances-wise, um, we, we were dominating. And uh, I think also that's uh, why we deserve to win. Now you're back at the top. What does that tell us? Well, of course, the, the aim is to stay there. But uh, we know that Arsenal has a game in hand. So um, with uh, one point, they can, they can go on top as well, uh, as well again. Um, but it's still a long, a long season. It's uh, still plenty of games to play. Uh, a lot of challenges ahead. So, um, so, yeah, we just have to think about the next one right now. And that's uh, Forest on Saturday. He's right. You know, as good one walked away, Simon, somebody said, you know, we're still in February. And, and they're, they're right that it, this is a marathon. It is not a sprint. And there's the difference, isn't it? You no doubt get chauffeur driven away from a car park where there were some very, very smart cars. And I wandered around to Holloway Station like some old shambling fool <laughs> to get the train home. Welcome to the Coliseum of Confrontation. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport.
going to take a few calls in a moment, more than a few. There's a lot of you trying to call in this morning. We're glad about that. Thank you. Jack, Arsenal bottled it. Eight points clear a few weeks ago. Just say it. You would say it if it was Tottenham, Simon. So what's different? Come on, Simon Jordan. They bottled it. Just say it, says but, Jack. But I've never said Spurs have bottled anything. I've said they've no. not been good enough at moments when they could have won. Uh, when they could have won yeah. uh, the Champions League or won the Premier League. I don't think Arsenal bottled it. I think ultimately they were a young side that will ultimately get to an outcome of winning the Premier League. I don't, I don't think it comes down to bottling. I'm quite no, happy to give Arsenal you. stick. I'm quite happy to give Arsenal stick all day if it gives me an opportunity to do so, only when it's fair. <laughs> and there's Ryan. Ryan, sorry, you're off the mark with this as well. Why don't those Manchester City players, Jim, you spoke to just rub our bellies while they're at it? Unbelievably patronising. No, absolutely not. Bernardo Silva wanted to make a point and wanted to praise this young Arsenal side who have got a, a real hunger and desire about them. So too Kevin De Bruyne. I don't think it was patronising in the slightest. I don't think it was patronising, but can you imagine in a different life, close your eyes, and that was Roy Keane listening to that at Manchester United and Arsenal. He'd have been like, I beg your pardon. I'd rather be in the Roy Keane camp. Be like Roy. In this day and age of football, the Arsenal players would probably be quite appreciative of it. Sort of appreciation. You've just been beaten by your major rivals. They'd probably be quite happy and feel that actually they'd like to get one of the shirts of the people that were actually praising them. <laughs> That's not what you want. You want the guys to be going, do well. We don't need your praise, thank you. <laughs> so did the occasion get to this Arsenal side again? So many Arsenal fans want to come on and we love that. Richard, we'll kick off with you. Good morning. Were you there last night, Richard? I wasn't there, no, but I was uh, I was watching online, uh, on TV, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah on, but, I'm, I mean, pers- personally, I I never expected Arsenal to win the league, and I know there's probably a lot of people out there laughing and saying, yeah, yeah, that's what every Arsenal fan's saying. But it's really not the case. Didn't expect us to win the league. Didn't expect us to kind of be anywhere near where we are. If anything, I expect us to be at least 10 points away from where we are. I, I beginning of this season, I would have just been more than happy to see us back playing Champions League football next season. I mean, it looks like we're going to smash that where we're going at the minute. And to play the way we did against a City side that are as strong and, are, well, I know they're not as strong this season as what they've currently been, but are as dominant as what they are with the quality that those guys have on that pitch yeah. it is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. So, Richard, you're I mean, quite happy that this is a work in progress, if you like. Oh, 100%. 100% I'm happy it's a work in progress. Like I said, I didn't expect us to be where we are. Yeah. And like like I say, yeah, poor error, Tommy Asu, Gabriel. You know, these things, that, like I say, they're a work in progress. Arteta's going to get them boys in that training camp today and he's going to be snapping them moves out of them. 100%. It's just time. Tommy Asu, bad pass back. There's only players like Kevin De Bruyne can put that ball in that net from that position. I don't care what anyone says. Oh, yeah, he yeah. is something special. He is indeed. Now, well said, Richard. Well said. We're going to move on, mate. So many people coming to air. Tom's another Arsenal fan. Tom, good morning. Uh, do you echo what Richard was saying? That look, we've got to we've got to come to terms with the fact from an Arsenal perspective, this is a work in progress. Uh, thanks for taking my call. First of all, um, yeah, no, I do agree with Richard. But one thing is, uh, as I mentioned to your colleague on the phone before I came on, what I'm frustrated about is, guys, we're still in it. You know, we've got a yes, game in hand. Yes, we've got a game in hand. I'm really, I'm really a bit frustrated with a lot of these Arsenal fans who are reverting back to the defeatist attitude. Oh, throwing the towel in. It's only the start of the year. Okay, mm-hmm. we've got loads of games ahead of us. We've had a blip. We've had such a great record up until this point in time, and we're playing arguably one of the best teams in the world. Let's say, right, Man City, with all of the you know kind of uh, financial input, etc. Yeah, right. So yeah, they. Their bench is far more experienced, 
superior on paper than Arsenal's are, but we still went toe-to-toe, and okay, we made a few sloppy mistakes. But we need to learn from this, and mm. this will be a great learning curve for this young side. Tom, you may, you probably heard there moments ago, Bernardo Silva speaking to me last night, and De Bruyne, who is fantastic on the pitch. But they made a point of praising this young Arsenal side. I don't think that, in the slightest is um, out of kilter as to what they should be doing. I, I think I think it's a feather in Arsenal's cap that these guys who have been there and done it say, look, they're not far behind us. I really do. Do you? Oh, 100%. It's, it's a respect. They're respecting their peers, right? They're respecting the challenge that actually Arsenal are putting down. If you, if, you, if you said to people at the start of the season, Arsenal would be top of the league um, last weekend, people would have laughed you off. It shows that they're maturing as a unit and the maturing with Arteta's viewpoint and, and, and his approach to things. I, I, think, I think it's a big, big element of respect. And, and I, I actually respect the Man City players for saying that. John, before you go, Simon and I were talking just outside the studio before we came on air. Kevin De Bruyne at the end, substitute, you probably see it. He took the long walk round, as he has to do, uh, to get back to the technical area. Uh, and a few plastic bottles hurled at him. Um, I, it's, it's something that we see unfortunately, on a semi-regular basis. Did it disappoint you? It's not good enough. We're better than that. We are better than that. What, 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 what is the point? And what, actually, one thing, there was a commentator, I think, last night who actually said, oh, um, yeah, um, harmless missiles. Every missile is harmful because it shows a disrespect to the people on the pitch. That will also then echo towards kind of the disrespect to rest at grassroots football, etc., etc., excuse me. No, Tom, what a good yeah, what a good call from you. Thank you very much. I think he's right. I watched it. De Bruyne was just smiling, having it played the way he yeah. did. Yeah, I watched him walk around the pitch, engage with some of what I consider to be... There was a section of Arsenal fans directly beneath me that were engaged in just making sure that the atmosphere was at it and across it, a little bit like some of the fans do at Celtic or some of the stuff we saw in the World Cup. De Bruyne did engage with them a little bit and I'm not entirely sure that the hand, yeah, hand gesture yeah. he gave them was the most appropriate but notwithstanding that that does not necessarily condone people throwing PETs plastic bottles down on a on a footballer it's just silly it, the, the, like the caller says why would you want to do that it's a world class footballer you yeah. know, he's a world class footballer maybe it was maybe they felt that because of the fact he pushed Arteta maybe just because they were losing or whatever else but what you do is you make that the centre of conversation rather than the fact that your team are really doing quite well mm. and the fans as a whole are a credit to the football club normally being a little extra can be a bit much but when it comes to healthcare it pays to be extra and United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. 
Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 100% engagement. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Yesterday, Simon, news came through. And I want to find out just how strong... 24 hours later, this news is um, that the American, uh, Iranian American billionaire Jam Najafi and a consortium uh, led by MSP Sports Capital had pinpointed Tottenham and decided, yeah, we're going to go for them, going to try and buy them uh, in what would be a £3.1 billion deal. I know you immediately started texting and uh, having given you a bit of time, is there any more meat in the bones you can give us this morning on this? Spurs fans are listening. Uh, quote, unquote, this wouldn't get them in the side door. Wow, okay. All right. And quote, unquote, coming from somebody very much in yeah. the know yeah. at the Tottenham end of things. Do you believe that? Yeah, but I think everybody has their price. I think there's a... An underlying scenario with Daniel that there's more to do, lots more to do. Um, and this is the beginning of something, not the end of it. Now, if someone wants to come in and break their shoulder off with a ridiculous offer, I mean, I think three billion is pretty compelling. I sort of assumed that three billion minus any debt was going to be the position that they might. I didn't think they'd go for three billion and, and have to pay off the debt they've got on the stadium. So they walk out with two. Um, I assumed that there was three billion net, but even that doesn't seem to be particularly. Uh, falling on fertile ground. I think they feel there's lots more to do. Now people will say, what's that then? Retail enabling, building hotels. I don't know. I can't speak to that. That's for Tottenham to speak to it. But there is no traction in this. They really? can write as many words as they want, but there's no traction right now. Thanks, but no thanks. I yeah. mean, Joe, Joe Lewis um, seemingly wants closer to four and a half billion pounds. Um, I can't speak to that particular scenario. And maybe he does. And that's why I'm talking about the ridiculousness of an offer. If they mm. can get four and a half billion quid for Tottenham with due respect... I would, I would have thought they'd have gone for three. I, I mean, four, four and a half billion mi- minus the debt is three and a half, is three point three billion. I can't imagine someone's going to pay four and a half billion and a billion worth of debt because that makes Tottenham five and a half billion. Look, the bottom line is, is that football clubs are occupying a lot of people's attention now. They're occupying. What I don't understand, what I find perplexing, is in all of this, is why this is in the media. Why are these people indexing it? I mean, you know, a while ago we saw this starting with the fella from Spotify with Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think some of the revolution underneath Arsenal is the Netflix documentary and Arteta and all that started a fire under Arsenal, which is now burning brightly inside yeah, that true. football stadium. But which takeover bit is not in the media at the moment? Well, this is my point. They, they all, all get there. All of these media, all of these are briefing into the media. The media aren't writing these, you know, as much as I might poke my fun at the media and put my tongue in my cheek at times, these are being briefed in by somebody whether, this, whether these sources stand up is a different discussion, but they are being briefed in by somebody close to these alleged uh, individuals that might want to buy this football club. But disappointingly for those that believe that Daniel Levy is a cross between Uriah Heap and Shylock, he, <laughs> he ain't going anytime soon. <laughs> I mean, three of the big six, um, it is said, are right in line for potential ownership change. And by that, I'm meaning Liverpool, Manchester yep. United, Tottenham. Is the order of the traditional Premier League elites at threat here? Um, no, not, not really, because... The these, landscape's changing. Well, these are the traditional elite. So if you're going to believe that people are going to buy these football clubs for 
elite money, then you would assume that they're going to continue to fund them in an elite way, which will maintain the status quo, won't it? So with that in mind, if you're talking about the self, self-anointed self big six, then with that in mind, you know, these guys are coming in. I mean, OK, we ha- we're not seeing the direct reaction from Todd Bowley and his input right now. We will. Chelsea will be there. They might take them longer than most anticipated when you spend 600 million quid. Yeah. But notwithstanding that, they'll be at some point. So I don't see that. What I see is a polarisation now of the top six in terms of if these clubs are going to be really bought by, for this kind of money, then like I've always said, and it becomes more difficult to justify, but it will maintain the same stance. The least amount of money you spend on a football club is the money you write the first cheque out for to own it. Now think about that. If football clubs are being bought for three billion quid, what does that say about the potential spending that might be coming with these football clubs? Of course, governance will restrict some of that. But if you can grow these businesses and organically build them at the same time as invest in them, then we're going to see ex- expenditure continue to be at a level. So this, these big six, these three that are in play... All of them, incidentally, um, in my belief, would be more likely to be American. I know the Qataris are being used as a stalking horse for Man United, but we're not really seeing the Qataris with formal interest. We're seeing Jim Radcliffe circling again and people of that nature being slightly more indexed to United. Yeah. But notwithstanding all that, these are big football clubs in the Premier League that are in play. I think it's quite interesting. I think it adds a new dimension to football that we're now talking about big business. And fans won't like this because you want your football club back, Man United. You ain't going to get it back anytime soon when people come in and buy it for five or six billion quid. That's their football club. You're a customer. If you think you're not, sorry, tragically, you're not going to like it, but you will be. I tell you something, Simon. Am I right in this? When you look at Newcastle United, oh yeah, in what was a three hundred million pound takeover Mm -hmm. by the Saudis. That turns out to be the football deal of the century. Prima facie, yeah, but Newcastle are not... Look, it took 20... Newcastle have got 20 years to catch up with the brands of Chelsea and Manchester City, Liverpool and Arsenal in the Premier League. Well, they're doing well. So they're going to spend a lot of money to do that. They've got nowhere near... Right now, Newcastle are doing very well in the league. But as a commercial operation, with global eyes on the prize, they ain't anywhere near the ideals behind... Chelsea and Man City and Liverpool and Arsenal and Spurs uh, and Manchester United. Yeah. They're not. So right. that, that's a, whilst you're right, yeah. 300 million quid what for, a deal. for Newcastle. But again, I maintain this view and I don't care how many Geordies want to hock up a loogie at me. The bottom line is... One to one. <laughs> spit, a, spit, yeah. If um, you want to hock up a loogie at me, yeah. you can. Um, you are a big club in Newcastle. You're not a big club on the world. You will be. Come on. No, no, they will be. Come on. No, no, no. They're a big club in Newcastle, but they will be a big club on the global stage. And now, is that reflected in the value? Well, yeah, of course it is. Because right. Mike Ashley's nobody's fault. Mike Ashley didn't suddenly think, oh, I feel particularly benevolent this week. Let's let it sell the club for 300 million quid to one of the richest people in the world. I know what, because I'm a mug. I don't make money everywhere else in the world. He sold the club for the value they could get for it. There wasn't a queue of people wanting to pay more than 300 million. Yeah. Now, what they do with it will turn it into a powerhouse, but it will also cost them a lot of money. Yeah. While you're in full flow on this subject matter, Adam uh, Leatherbarrow, very good name, Adam, Um, but he's taking us in another direction, but it's too good to pass up, and this is the time to do it. Jim, please, please, please. Ask Simon right here and now, what is a better club to buy, West Ham United or Tottenham? West Ham valued at 800 million. Spurs valued at, as you say, Joe Lewis wants 4.5 billion. Would love to hear the comparison regards the opportunity between the two. Well, that's a difficult comparison because Tottenham, in my view, are a bigger club than West Ham. Um, and I think they're a bigger club on the world stage. West Ham are one of those clubs that has a lot of relationship with fans. It attributes the success of the 1966 World Cup to its 
to its players. And there's always this West Ham way. And then you get managers like Sam Adder. I said, what's the West Ham way? They will never win anything and get relegated. That was a sort of facetious comment that Sam made. But if you're going to have to pay four or five billion for Tottenham, then and you can pay eight hundred million for West Ham, which by the way I don't yeah. David Sullivan and Karen Brady will be now looking at it yeah. in a slightly different way, given the landscape has slightly changed. I don't believe you'll be buying West Ham for eight hundred million quid now. Yeah, but you, you get more buck for your for, if you do. If you if you if you went for West Ham, surely as you, a buyer, it's a more attractive. Depends deal. what you think you're buying and what the reasons you're buying it for. Todd Bowley is buying Chelsea because. There is a global footprint that Chelsea presents as an opportunity. And I think Tottenham falls slightly in a lesser camp than that, but it's still there. Yeah. West Ham don't rank in that space. They're a great football club. Both sorry, big London sorry, clubs, sorry Lee Clayton, but they don't. Big London clubs. Tottenham are a bigger football club than West Ham. Chelsea are now a bigger football They weren't, but they are now. Now, somebody coming in and spending 800 million or a billion pounds to buy West Ham and going to being prepared to spend another billion and a half on it, they'll change the argument. But, you know, I know they did well last year. I know they got into Europe and moments in time. Um, and going, I want to go back to another pop, uh, conversation that we had earlier on about this Man City players. Mm. There's a power dynamic going on with that. You know, those players talking about how well Arsenal have done, that's a power dynamic. That's people in authority, people that you create a culture when you're having a conversation, which is basically with nice language, but guess who's in control? That's what the Man City players are doing to that's Arsenal. That's what they're saying to me last night. That's what the Man City players are doing to Arsenal. They're saying, well done, nice. Now, if that result had gone the other way and Arsenal beat them, Man City wouldn't be going out and saying, that's a really good side of young players that are doing really, really well. They'd have something else to say. It's done from a position of power. That's a power dynamic. It's basically saying, in your heads, remember your place. Yeah. You're, you're an up-and-comer, but we're here. We're there. This is the real deal, and we'll, we'll give you a little bit of a condescend. It might be a little bit, but it might not be as mean-spirited as that, but it ain't far away from that. You're 100% essential download. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Please leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. We'll be back each weekday to bring you the best of the show. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com.